Welcome to the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. This podcast features nothing but real talk analysis and conversations about sports, entertainment, news, and much more. Now, strap in and buckle your seatbelts because it's time for Crunch Time. What's happening, y'all? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Bullock. Hope y'all having a great day. On this Wednesday evening, January the 13th, 2021. Like I said, my name is Benjamin Bullock. I want to welcome you guys here to the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast where we give you nothing but real talk, real analysis about you know anything, and also real conversations about news, politics, music, entertainment, creative, creative process when it comes to photography, video, whatever the case may be, and also sports. So tonight specifically we're gonna focus on the creative process process when it comes to content creation. So Tonight we're going to talk about video, photography, even some graphic design too. So we're going to mix in a lot of stuff too. So the lineup for tonight is I got my man, I think Ethan, he's a director, photographer, overall creative for a paper out empire, which is, uh, which is young Dolph, my, one of my favorite rappers. That's his company along with Key Glock uh, based out of Memphis. Uh, second up, we got my girl, Anari Bri- Brianna straight out of ATL. She actually is one of the top photographers in the ATL market. Uh, she actually shot the Gucci Man and Jeezy uh, versus uh, battle uh, back last year, or late last year, and I'm excited to have her on. And lastly, I got my man Alex Grant, who's the creative director for Maryland Terps Football out there in the P- out there in PNG. So I'm excited to get this going, man. If y'all have any questions, I'm gonna drop it in the comment section right there. And um, for for any one of our guests as we get this thing going. So first up, I got my man Ethan uh, coming up, who works for Paper Out Empire and also co-founder of Two Bros. Film, film company with his brother. Ethan, what's up, man? Yo. What's, what's going up, on, bro? Boy? Nothing much, man. What's going on, bro? Looks like, you in, looks like you're in the field right now, man. Yeah, we just shot a video. Oh, yeah? Finishing up. We just finished it up. That's cool, man. It's cool. That's good, man. So who you with right now, man? Just let the people know just in case they didn't catch the first part of the show, man. What'd you say? Your phone broke up. My bad, my bad. I said, uh, since you're in the field right now, and I know you're in Memphis, so what you doing in Memphis right now, man? Yeah, I can't say too much about it. <laughs> hey, just keep it on the low, man. I appreciate that, man. Well, yep. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, man, you know, for hopping on with me. I know this has been in the works for a little bit, uh, dating back to last year. So I want to thank you for hopping on with me, man. So the What's first up? question I want to ask you, man, how did the relationship between you and Young Dolph and Paper Out Empire, how did that all develop, man? Shit, big shout out to my older brother, Shot by Spencer. Uh Y'all know him by that, but I call him Jordan. But he really he he really set the path for me with paper out for sure. You know, back when I was I was with Clive when I started out, and he was working for Kevin Gates. Mm-hmm. Kevin Gates got locked up, and uh, he kind of met Doff through a couple people in Atlanta, and he started working with him heavy. So you know, the relationship just came like that, like. You know, I'm his younger brother, so I was coming around different suits, just pulling up, popping up. So by the time Jordan had to go back and work with Kevin Gates, mm-hmm. I kind of was just, you know, just there. Like, it just happened naturally. That's good. Like family shit. <laughs> that's, that's dope, bro. That's dope, man. So how did, so so what's the planning process like? Because me, I follow a lot of your work and a lot of which I, which I do. By the way, it's really dope and really creative, man. I was... Looking at some Appreciate stuff earlier that. today, man, going through your page, bro. Like, one of my favorite videos that you did, and it's one of my favorite songs, too, by Key Glock, 
it's our monster, bro. The way you did that thing, yeah. it was very like very dark, very yeah, very eerie, and it matched the the thing, the title of the song or whatever. So you know, what's the planning process like? Because I know Dolph, he's he works a lot, and the whole label works a lot, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So what's the planning process like when it comes to like music videos and studio sessions and all that? Uh, it really just comes naturally, bro. Like for like Monster, you know, we were we were out there in L.A. for the Dumb and Dumber. Right. We were like living out there in the summer, so we just he made that song, and we just wanted to do something different, kind of creepy, like old school, like mm -hmm. almost like a horror movie type. Yeah, like Michael Myers, something like that. And it just comes naturally, you know. Like they might make a song that night; it might be from a year ago. They they one thing about Dolphin Keyglock is they're super creative themselves, so they're gonna have an input on the video like no matter what it is like really they're they're really directing a lot mm. of their own stuff now so we just bat, bash ideas back and forth you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying even on this on set shit changes real quick you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah it's just yeah. got to be prepared and just have a creative mindset to just that's dope just, man. Just, you know, I know uh, one video, the one that I posted on my story earlier today was a trick-or-treat video. And I remember you kind of talked about a little bit on, like, how y'all shot that in, what, like, two or three days. And y'all had to go buy and carve out a whole bunch of pumpkins just to make the video yeah. kind of come out. Man, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, he had made the song. And then Halloween was, like, three days from the day he made the song. <laughs> and we just wanted to do some different shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't even think the song has nothing to do with Halloween. Except, <laughs> it doesn't because <laughs> the name was going to be called trick or treat but we actually i think we were going to name it something different yeah i forget it was kind of a long time ago but yeah he had bought 350 pumpkins i know that wow. for a fact and we had a whole team carving them out just coming up with different stuff different stencils just and then we shot it that night mm -hmm. and i edited it in one day Bro, it's the man. That's the, that video, that one, and the one y'all shot in New York. Um, and which one it was? Uh, he was crashing riding around. Yup, crashing out. The crashing out video was dope. Just overall, just stays. Yeah, great stuff y'all do, man. This is uh, Ethan from Paper Round Empire and co-founder of Two Bros Film. Y'all have any um, questions for him? Go and drop it in the comment section. So, Ethan, man, you know, you know, since we're in this creative field, me and you both, man, you know, there's a ton of gear out there that people are using, man. So, what's so what's your go-to, man? What do you use? Right now, I'm using the Sony A7R3, mm -hmm. the Sony that just dropped. I got a few different lenses. Right now, I'm using this new serial lens. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's yeah. an anamorphic lens. Okay. I have found off Indiegogo. You can look it up, though. It's S-I-R-U-I, the anamorphic lens for the Sonys, and it's like the first one out. Cool. That's cool. my go-to lens right now, for sure. And then cool. we, we, we usually like rent different camera equipment and production on bigger video it just depends on what type of video it is but mm -hmm. day to day day to day i'm using the sony a7r3 oh yeah and, that, and for the, like ethan just said man that thing just dropped i'm selling the a7 III right now that's kind of my go-to you know just yeah. bouncing between video uh photos as well based off of what i'm doing and all that yeah. good stuff man so how would you uh how would you describe your creative style man because everybody has a different kind of style i mean you work in music entertainment so it's more a lot of the edits that you do is more so raw and like real quick cuts and a lot of transitions and a lot of flickers and a lot of flares and all that kind of stuff. So, man, so how would you describe your uh, creative style? I started out with just doing, me and my brother would break into abandoned 
abandoned insane asylums hospital mm. like we were the ones that were climbing rooftops and mm. hanging our feet off and doing that abandoned type style and i feel like we kind of brought that into the hip-hop game mm-hmm. with uh the videos and kind of just kept that like edgy kind of like different we shoot a lot of night stuff that's why the sony's like, yeah. so good because it's a low light so we shoot a lot of like kind of edgy like horror type you know mm-hmm. yeah. so we kind of brought our like abandoned type style mm-hmm. over to the hip hop so that's, that's really where it comes from but right now i'm trying to do a bunch of different stuff we got a bunch of stuff in the works so cool and you talk about a different stuff man so like what was your inspiration like because you talked about you know horror movies and everything but like who would you is there any type of like music video directors for example like somebody like uh x little x or hype williams or somebody like that like who did you like kind of like okay i like the way they do that or you kind of just kind of developed your own style when it came to that i like like i like a lot of old school movies like real Mm -hmm. cinematic stuff like i'm on if you if y'all notice i'm on a different type of cinematic clean look now like uh just movie type stuff i like Mm -hmm. old old stuff like old hip-hop videos coming to america like all that type of shit like scarface mm-hmm. all that just old school shit like if you see like you know i'm, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the baby joker shit yeah like we try that to be doing stuff like that mm-hmm. you know did you come up with that concept or uh the uh glock or uh, it was Dolby? it was all a creative concept for sure while we were out there okay uh my brother had a lot to do with that too shout mm-hmm. out spencer yeah and I know just that whole experience when y'all did the Dumber Dumber thing, like you shot like, you did like an hour and a half vlog or something like that, where it just literally just captured everything yeah. y'all was at the ATL, man. So you just, the Dolph wants you to do that, or you just like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of take advantage of the opportunity to just do it myself. Just, mm-hmm. When we got there, I kind of just took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he wanted to do some type of behind the scenes, you know, we got so much time on our hands, so. Right. I came up with the idea of it was actually supposed to be episodes, but we had changed it to uh, just a main vlog, kind of like a movie in a right. way. But that was footage. Mm-hmm. That was footage from two months. Yeah, I know. We I can there, tell. So. I can tell. So yeah. I had to go, yeah. I had to go and through I, a lot, a lot of footage for that one. I know, bro. And y'all was all up in that house, man. I just, I remember just watching it too, man. For those, go check it out on YouTube right now. It's the Dumber Dumber um vlog thing. A vlog video that he did. Um, if y'all have any questions, but Ethan gonna drop it in the comment section. I got one more after this. I just know when you were shooting it, man, it was a lot of light in that house, man, and nothing but open glass. So I know it was a lot of overexposure in there, man. I know that kind of oh, yeah, got on your nerves a little bit. Reflections, all you already know, especially <laughs> if you're in the camera, in the camera game, you know, it'd be hard sometimes, but you got to just make the best of it. We, that's one thing I could just make the best out of anything anyone can do anything never give up you know what i'm saying just stay motivated creative and you can you could make anything out of the, the least type of situation that's dope bro i got a question from my man rick out of baltimore Mel. he says what type of money can be made in music film industry uh, especially for those who shoot like independent artists shit i'm gonna tell you right now it just depends on your hustle mm. i started grinding like you know i did this I was just grinding, just shooting freelance videos after video, just putting flyers on Instagram, mm-hmm. just 
before I was with any major artist. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That shit will pay off. Yeah. And, and you're going to make good money. So mm-hmm. you can definitely run it up. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially if, you, if you're shooting with a red and you're working with multi-million dollar artists, oh, yeah. You definitely gonna get it up there if you got the hustle and the grind behind that, man. So uh, I got one more question for you, man. Actually, two more. Uh, so, what's some advice can you give to someone? You kind of touched on a little bit, but what's some more advice you can give to someone who's looking to break into the industry, period, or looking to just try to climb that ladder? Yeah, I would. I would tell them just like I just kind of said, just stay motivated and, and hustle your ass off, bro. Like you can't half-ass anything. Mm-hmm. That goes. That goes with any job. You want to make it. You can't, you know what I'm saying? You gotta just put your hundred percent into that shit. Like, like this shit doesn't stop. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been doing this. There's some nights, you know, I've been on the road right now for eight days straight. Mm. I, I ain't been home. You know what I'm saying? So, you just gotta be ready for this shit. You can't let some things affect it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta sacrifice shit, but it'll pay off. Yeah, most definitely, man. It's my last question for you, man. So, uh, what's your favorite video of Dolph or Key Glock, whoever, whether the Paper Out Empire uh, artist? What's your favorite video that you shot and and the best song? You think? To you? Uh, let me think. Hold on one second. Hold on. One second. Hold on. Yeah, hold on one second. Let me finish this off. Let me think right quick. Uh, yeah. I really like that baby Joker shit we did. Mm, yeah, it was, it was dope. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun day. Everyone out there, everyone shooting ideas off each other. That was a that was a dope video. Mm-hmm. And the trick or treating crashing out are definitely two of my favorites. I shot. Bro, and they I crashing out. I actually shot those with uh, Joe Spike. Shout out Joe Spike. He mm-hmm. was the DP, so he shot that with the red. I, mm-hmm. I, we all kind of directed and edited it. So. Right, right. And y'all had the yellow Lambo truck out there, right? For the crashing out, I think? What oh, no. was the fatigue one? That was the Camo Rolls Royce in New York. There's a Camo, Camo, yeah, yeah, Camo truck. Yeah, yeah. Cool, bro. Yeah, well, yeah. Ethan, man, thank you, man. I uh, appreciate you for taking time out of your busy schedule. You know, we'll wrap uh, a little bit later on. I know you got some work that you're working yeah. on right now, man. So appreciate you, man, for stopping through, bro. We'll talk soon, all right? All right, my boy, you be safe. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. All right, man. That was my man. I think Ethan, uh, straight out of ATL, but he's based out of Memphis right now. Uh, Worked with Paper Out Empire, which is uh, rapper Young Dolph's uh, label. He's their main uh, video guy, so he does a lot of directing, a lot of editing, and a lot of photography as well. So I hope y'all liking this episode, man. If y'all do like to go and drop a 100 down there in the comment section. So coming up next, I got my girl, Anari Brianna. She's an independent photographer, creative out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, she's pretty, she's really dope, man. Behind the lens, man. It takes really good stuff. Uh, type the brand that she's worked with currently worked with in the past, uh, Jameson, Ciroc, Apple TV, uh, and some other ones as well. So she's definitely dope. And how I found her was, um, I obviously, you know, late last year was the, uh, Gucci man and Jeezy, uh, versus battle. And, you know, and obviously that kind of took a whole way. Well, everybody was tuned into that. And, um, me just being a creative photographer, videographer, that kind of thing. I just came across her Twitter page and I saw she was there, you know what I mean, at Magic City, uh, taking really some really dope photos. So go to my story and check that out uh, and go to her page and check that out. So I found her and I reached out to her and she was very uh, happy to hop on the show. So I'm going to add her right now. Anari, 
Hi. What's going on? How you doing? I mean, I'm dealing with COVID, so there's that. So I'm just trying to heal because I just feel like my finger is itching and I need to take photos. So, (laughs) Well, well, it's crazy because not a lot of people know this. I actually caught COVID when we were supposed to do the show back around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah. So, so this, so y'all, this particular show was supposed to happen Thanksgiving week, but I actually caught COVID that Tuesday. So I took like the rest of the year off and come to find out now you have COVID. So I want to thank you for just number one. I hope you're well, praying that you're well. Number two, uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend a couple 10 to 15 minutes with me to kind of talk with some of my viewers and, you know, just talk about your, your brand and everything else. No problem. No problem. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. So let's hop into this thing. So first and foremost, man, like how were you able to land that, that Gucci man and Jeezy gig at the versus at uh Badger city late last year? So actually a friend of mine, and it's so crazy because this, and it kind of leads into why networking and building your relationships are important. But I recently got on, well, around that time, it was in November, I got on Clubhouse and I started networking and all that. But I actually, it wasn't even Clubhouse, but it's just, it's so ironic because Clubhouse plays a lot of, plays a role in a lot of stuff that happened to me. So um, pretty much I had a friend, I'm not going to say my friend's name because I don't need people, you know, trying to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. tell me, you know, whatever. Yeah, put me on, but, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Right, but she hit me up one day and we were always on clubhouse and i was chilling and she put me on clubhouse because i was at, at first i was like i'm not even going to use it because i don't want to make any space on my phone like it was one of those situations yeah. but um she hit me up and she was like yo i have diddy's people and they need a photographer for the verses and mm-hmm. i put you put you down and me i was like i'm totally down with it. like let's do it um but my thing was i don't really shoot event photography so yeah. it was like event like be prideful and don't do it or mm-hmm. this is versus so i was like this is versus it. like mm-hmm. i'm gonna definitely do it so right. that was pretty much how i got it um but i've known this person for like some years and we've always worked well together and so they just kind of believed in my craft and was like okay well yeah let's do this right well that's cool mm-hmm. man so how was it up in there because me just i think everybody all the three or five, three or four, five million people in there that was watching it. It looked a little thick up in there, man. It, it was. was. A little, a little tight, it really a little tension was. was tight. It was. Like, in the beginning, it was very, uh, it was chill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll break it down like this. So when I first got in there, um, I got there before, like, when they were setting up everything. And so they were telling me the places that I can go without being in front of the camera. Because right. they had the iPhone. They had the camera. They also had the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So that way people can, well, no, not the iPhone, the iPad. So that you can see everything going on. Right. So I was like, okay, I can't go here, there, there, there. But as soon as Jeezy, well, for one, it took them a while for Jeezy and, yeah. um, you know, them to come in, of course. Yeah. It, anyways. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, pretty much what happened was as soon as they got in there, all of their photographers, all their entourage just swarmed in. Mm-hmm. And I was only one of two of the female photographers that were there. So sure. it literally felt like a war zone. So I was like, okay, it's about to get very intense. Now, I guess people were like, yo, it seemed like it was real tense in there. And it was, mm-hmm. but I was honestly just so caught up in shooting and trying to get the shot. I was like, you I'm not even think about everything. Y'all. That's right. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, I, y'all are doing your thing. I, if we get shot up, I'm just getting, I'm going to get shot up, but <laughs> yeah. I'm getting the shot that I need to get. So, hey, it'd be what it is. Right, so, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm cool. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad you was able to, number one, stay safe. And number right. two, that you were able to shoot such a historic event. Um, 
you know, this is Anari Brianna. If y'all have any questions for her, drop it in the comment section. So my next question for you is, you know, how were you able to grow your brand into what it is now, considering yourself as a self-taught photographer, you know, in this industry right now and how you got on and everything? Um, so, oh, okay. Cause my origin story is so long, so I'm gonna kind of condense it. So I, I started doing films since I was 12, like cinema, and that's what mm -hmm. I really wanted to do. Right. But then, um, over the years, my mom would put me in classes, even throughout high school, middle school, like teaching me how to do film and write scripts and do all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, um, after that, um, I graduated high school and so my mom was like, oh, well, if you want a camera, you got to get it yourself. So I worked at the movie theater because mm. one, free movies, and then two, like, you know, I'm saving up making money. So yeah. I saved up. I got to Savannah State. That was the first. I ended up graduating from Georgia State, but I started at Savannah State mm -hmm. and I got my camera, but then realized I didn't have any editing software. So then I was taking pictures at one of the homecoming stroll offs and yeah. they and this was around the time like Instagram was really popping off and stuff. So I started putting stuff on Instagram and people were looking at it like, yo, this is dope. And that's how it kind of started for me. Yeah. Um, but then when I left Savannah State, which was probably like the best thing for me, um, I ended up at Georgia State and the networking there was insane because for one, Georgia State is like a very open campus. So and you it's really in Atlanta. Exactly. And it's Atlanta. So you're literally, it literally feels like you're just going to class in the city. It doesn't even feel like mm -hmm. you're on a campus and it's actual college. So yeah. a lot of people in the entertainment industry or who was doing different things, it was easier for them to maneuver. So it was better for me to network that way because there was open opportunities. And then even just the, you know, the programs like Spotlight and things like that at Georgia State really helped mm -hmm. a lot because from there, I was able to go to these different internships that I would have never known about. And right. then, um, you know, basically just dive in and then Sorry, I'm getting all these comments anyway. Sorry. <laughs> you but, um, you but yeah, like, so I, was, I was able to like really uh, hone in on that and learn the industry from the ground up and, you know, dive in. So, right. That's yeah. cool, man. That's cool, mm -hmm. man. So, so when you're preparing for a gig and, you know, whether it's because I see you do a lot of lifestyle street photography on mm -hmm. your page um, and everything. So, um, you know, how do you prepare for things like that? So, what, walk me through like once you get, once you land the gig, you set the date. You know, what's your, and you got the day, the night before, you know, what, how do you prepare? What's your, what's your step process like? Well, I put my batteries on the charger. <laughs> That's the funniest that. thing I do. <laughs> but, um, like if there's, for instance, a mood board or something that I can look at, I kind of study it a little bit to kind of see where I'm going with what, what I'm going with. And then, um, also I just kind of get into that mindset mm -hmm. and I, I just kind of stay silent and just kind of really concentrate because I'm just like, I need the next day to go well. And yeah. I don't need anything fucking that shit up for me. I'm sorry. If I, I don't know if I can curse. No, this, it's not. Such a potty mouth. So I, Ethan was cussing. So you know, hey, okay, no parents cool, cool, or cool. on this. Yeah, okay, rough, cool. Yeah, so, so yeah. So like, I really have to hone in because I don't like distractions. So anything that I'm dealing with outside of that, I, I'm just like fuck it. Like it can wait until I'm finished. So that's right. pretty much how I. In. And then I would just even in beginning at the beginning of my shoes, like even just if we do like little dance numbers or you know yeah. just kind of vibing out that that kind of ease eases not only the client but mm -hmm. also my team because i have an all-female creative team too so that pretty much helps us get into the zone and get us navigated and things of that sort so that's cool that's cool mm -hmm. this is uh matter of fact am i pronouncing your first name right before i in say anari anari okay anari this is anari brianna if y'all have any questions for her drop it in the comment section 
She's one of the top photographers in the Atlanta metro area. So my next question for you is, you know, you know, this you are you a Canon person, Nikon or Nikon Sony? all day. Nikon. Right why, why why is that? Because everybody else had Canon. That's really how it started. Everybody else had Canon. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be like y'all. I want to get Nikon. But as soon as I got a Nikon and saw how those colors popped, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. This is it for me. Like I'm good. Like I'll I will. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that Canon ain't good because Canon is really good. But mm -hmm. I fuck with Nikon way harder. Mm. Cause it, and it's so funny when my, me and my photographer photographer friends are like, Canon's better, da da da, da and I'd be like, well, look at my pictures though, and then you tell me how that is. How about that? Right. You know. So what, so what, so what would you say is the biggest difference? Because to me, I shoot with a Sony, and you know, even even though I think Canon's like from a crispier standpoint, are way are way better than Nikon's too. But for me, you know, it's, isn't it a little bit about what you do on the back end when it comes to editing too, or no? Um, so with Sony, I like Sony. They're very clean, but I also feel like the images are kind of flat. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to Canon, I feel like Canons are really dope and they're sharp, but I also feel like they're better for film and like cinema and things of yeah. that sort. Mm -hmm. With Nikon, is mo majority of them are strictly for photography, so you're able to really get hone in on that composition and yeah, like Dr. Ta underscore four, like is raw and it clean. It's cleaner. Like it's just it's it's really really dope. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's what cool. I yeah. That's cool. I actually have a uh, I'm my girl Chanel, who actually works for uh, North Carolina State. She she commented says yes, all female creative team. I kind of want to go back to that. Talk to me a little bit about that. So you're you know you're over a whole team and it's all female. So what's that like and how did that all come about? So it like like I said, networking is key. And Georgia State was probably the, like the best decision I've ever made when it comes mm -hmm. to um, just my career and stuff. So, see, look at Team Nikon. I see y'all. <laughs> they out here. They out here. <laughs> they out here. But, but I was in a part of this group called Panthers Allure, and I was really into them because a lot of their models got signed to agencies right yeah. through working out of there. And the way that they maneuvered and the way their creative team was, they were super, super creative and dope. So I started there. And then I did, they, they had me do one shoot, and I met all these girls, and it was a couple of them that, really stood out to me and I was like yo girl you are bomb like let's mm -hmm. do some stuff together and this other girl she did hair and I was like yo girl you're really bomb let's do this together so we literally kind of came up together That's but good. then over time I was adding people that I was just meeting but because of the caliber of my work and stuff they were like yo let's definitely do something together because we it's like real recognized real like mm -hmm. you, I see your talent you see my talent you know, if we work together, that shit's gonna be bomb, and that's right. just what it is. You get what I mean? You get what I'm saying? So like, yeah. that was really how all of that happened. And it's so interesting when people ask me like, "How did you form your team?" And I'm just like, "Listen, every single time I hear that you're in these little smaller towns and you think that you're the only one doing something, you're really not. You're just not mm -hmm. looking hard enough because there is someone else like you that is saying the exact same thing. Right. But y'all just haven't found each other yet." And that's why you should just go out and just kind of look and figure it out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And just talk to people because there are going to be people that are going to be on the same level as you and you're going to want to grow up together because right. it's like to the point now when I have people or have opportunities, I'm taking my team with me because y'all were there since day one and I know we work well together and the vibe is always going to be great. And I know that you're, you know, it works for you and I'm not going to control the situation. Like every single person on my team gets creative control in whatever they do. So it works, you know what I mean? So everybody gets to show their talent and hone in on their talent and Yeah, I actually like what you said. Everybody kinda of knows the role and it sounds like you have a great leadership leadership qualities qualities because you let people 
and you you let people do what they do and you don't get in the way of kind of like or overbearing them kind of being something like that to kind of you know limit their creativeness when it comes to certain projects mm-hmm. oh i see a question what are some ways to get my work noticed by larger brands okay yeah mm-hmm. by d jones visuals yep so go ahead you got that one go ahead oh, let's see let's see I hate, I, I don't want to keep sounding generic, but networking works. Like, I uh, know that's the key. That's the, one, literally the key. So this is how I used to do mine. Okay. So when I was in college, of course, I saw brands. I liked brands, but I was always talking to people, even people that I would least expect or not even think that I should be talking to. I was having conversations with them because it was genuine. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it's like those t- specific people, either they're somewhere in that network or they're on the come up of that network you still you still keep in communication with them and you continue talking to them because eventually they're seeing your work you're still keeping in touch and they're the first the first person they're going to think about is you when you're doing those opportunities so for me that was that was kind of how it happened for me and then um even like joint doing internships back when i was in college i was talking to people like for instance like one of my friends um the singer khalid when i first met Mm -hmm. him i was working at a studio i'm not gonna say what studio but i was working at a studio and they told us not to talk to those people but i didn't care i was just like you're on the grind you're on the grind exactly so Mm -hmm. i saw him i had a conversation with him i told him follow me on instagram like you want to take pictures let's do it and it was around the time that he just just dropped american team Mm -hmm. so it was like okay I'm hopping on this now, not because of who he is, but I feel like he's a cool person. And so when we talked, we had conversations, we were cool, we were kicking it and stuff. But every time he was in town, I would go to his shows, we'd kick it backstage, all that kind of stuff. And then Mm -hmm. now we're going to work on something together because that's just how you do it. Like you just, relationships are very, very important. And every relationship that I have in my life is important. Mm -hmm. Whether we talk every day or talk every other month, I'm still checking in on you to make sure you're good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Authenticity. Like, that's how you get your stuff noticed. And then also remember this. You might have a small following, but people are still watching your shit. Exactly. They are watching you. They it Like, I had people that I didn't even think knew who I was contacted mm-hmm. me in my email. Like, I want you to work with this person. And then their roster on their website is like, a huge caliber of people that I'm sitting here like, are you serious? Like, yeah, you how they find with? me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, how the fuck did you find me? Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those situations so keep progressing on your work yeah make sure your website and your portfolios are good and keep going you know what yeah. i mean so yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's i mean dope. that's really what i could say yeah yeah that that kind of kind of just took pretty much well you answered that last question i was going to ask you, you know what advice can you give to someone looking to follow in your footsteps but pretty much what i can tell pretty much is one networking two don't be scared and three just work your ass off for the most part yeah, literally, because it, 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 it's so crazy. I'm in club, I'm on Clubhouse and like, it's the same questions that they have in the, the little chats and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly just like, yo, stop thinking too much about it. When you stop thinking too much about it and just do what you're doing and do it because you like it and just mm-hmm. be genuine and authentic, that really works a lot more than you trying to push into somebody's office and saying, yo, this is my work. Like they're yeah. gonna see that and be like, oh, I can definitely work with you. I like the way you, I like your personality. I mm-hmm. think that if we were working in, on a set together, things would go really smooth. You know what I mean? Because yeah. for me, 
whenever I shoot with people, I don't like it to feel like a photo shoot. I want to yeah. feel like friends kicking it, taking photos. Yeah, we're chilling. Yeah, yeah, it's work, an experience. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I've heard even on Clubhouse with some people, like their photo shoots, sometimes it's like, you know, they are, um, it's structured. It's too business like, nah, and it you gotta loosen up a little bit. Post, post yeah, music on, and everybody get loose. That's how, exactly. that's, how, that's how you do it. Exactly, like loosen up. Because I listen. I don't like nine to fives. I don't like structured stuff. I like to have fun. Yeah, you're creative. Love, you know, I, you gotta you gotta have some elbow space. Exactly, mm -hmm. and that's why I like my team too. Because we just be we talk shit about we talk not about each other. We talk to, talk shit to each other. We just be kicking it like yeah. it's all good. We dance together like yeah. it's it's just great, and it just feels like a good time. So, hey, hey man, yeah. this is we're gonna have to talk some more, man. You, you know, my hey. wife's my wife's from Atlanta, so you know I'll be down. Well, whenever COVID, you know, right, kind of gets over, I definitely got to hit you up next time. I'm in Atlanta, man. Well, Anari, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And number one, I pray that everything works out well. You're gonna beat that COVID like I did uh, back around this around uh, Thanksgiving time, and going make sure you get some rest. And all that yeah, good man. stuff, man. And eating, you know, eating a lot of funions. That's what I've been eating. <laughs> a lot of That's, I still got my taste and my smell. I just be like, That's I'm good. That's what I need. So. That's good. Well, just get some rest, and uh, you know, you'll be back in the field shooting anytime before you know it. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, now we'll talk soon. Bye. See you. All right, that was Anari Brianna. Definitely a great conversation. She's straight out of ATL, uh, photographer out of there. So. Coming up last, I'm very excited about this one, man. Me and this dude go back a few years back. My man Alex Grant, uh, straight out of uh, South Carolina. He uh, went to school there, obviously graduated from there, also worked there uh, for one of the pioneers in the sports uh, media or so social sports media field uh, in South Carolina to kind of set the industry standard for how things are right now. And he was able to – he got a, well, he didn't get a promotion, but he got upgraded through another school as a director position as the creative director for Maryland Terps football out of the ACC. So I'm going to add this guy right now. He's one of my good friends. This is actually our first time talking over the phone, but we've known each other through social media for about almost four or five years now. So I'm going to add him right now. Alex, what's up, boy? Hey, bro. I had to decide if I was going to come on here. I felt like there was going to be alpha slander. <laughs> nah, I ain't going to do that to you, bro. <laughs> I ain't going to do that to you, man. We boys, man. What's happening, man? What's going on, bro? I'm good, man. Finally got into my apartment here in Maryland, so trying to get situated, get settled, and, you know, off season finally. So trying yeah. to figure out figure out what this looks like in COVID for the next couple months. Man, speaking of off season, bro, you as soon as the season started, bro, you went from Columbia to College Park, man. You know, <laughs> so congratulations on your new new gig with the Maryland Terps, man, and you know your director position, one of few black black uh, males or black females in general. Uh, in that, who has a creative director position, man, for a Power Five school and a football team. So congratulations on that, bro. Appreciate that, man. No problem, man. So let's hop into this thing, man. So what's the transition been like, you know, going from being a part of a team to be the head of a team now? No, it's been crazy. My um my transition to Maryland, I think, happened a lot faster than what people saw or what, like, was really public. So, like, my first, my first day in College Park was eight days before our first game. Mm. Um, so like when I got here, I was, I've actually was staying in a hotel, um, for the entire season. Cause literally when I got wow. here, like I didn't have time to look for an apartment or anything like that. So that transition definitely happened really, really fast. Um, and then, you know, just navigating COVID this year, I think this was one right. of the wildest year, wildest year sports has ever seen. Um, yeah. so we were scheduled to play nine games, ended up only being able to play five, whether it be our cancellations for COVID another team yeah. we were supposed to play had to cancel for COVID. Um, so it was de definitely a wild year, but I am 
beyond grateful for it because I learned so much about myself this year, um, push, push myself further than what I thought I was capable of. And, you know, excited to finally like have things settle down a little bit and we can start working on some evergreen content um, to help build the brand for the Terps. Man, man, look, uh, number one, y'all colors are red, so that's very vibrant, so it's going to stand out. Number two, <laughs> y'all got Under Armour, so y'all know y'all going to pop in. Number three, y'all mascot with the Maryland flag and everything stands out more than anybody within the industry, more in the college world, in my, my opinion, man. So, you know, you coming from South Carolina, man, and, you know, us being in the industry about the same amount of time, you know, for me, man, y'all were the pioneers along with Clemson and a couple other programs, but y'all set the standard in terms of how things should be shot in terms of uh, social media, sports, and everything. So how did that all evolve, man? Because I know you, you did some stuff with football, how we connected, but then you also did a lot of great stuff with the women's basketball program with Don Staley. Yeah, so um, I, I'll backtrack a little bit. I started out as an intern in what was Gamecock Productions at the time, um, which was the internal production department for athletics. Um, and then graduated in 16 and took a post-grad internship where it was one of those situations where you're being paid part-time, but you're actually working full-time um, mm -hmm. and doing all the hours and stuff like that. Um, and that was the year that South Carolina won the national championship for women's basketball. So I was fortunate to be with them for their entire tournament run and got to go to the national championship and shoot that game. So that was awesome. But that's kind of how I got to that full-time position. Um, and I tell you the background story for that because in the middle of all of that happening, um, our athletic department created a new department called New and Creative Media. So like after the season, our two departments merged. Um, and so that's kind of how we became, we became one big group under um, our associate athletic director, Justin King. Yeah. And Ju Justin- Who I was, worked with. I worked with Justin at ESPN, bro. That's wild. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. So, so like, you know, Justin really is big on setting a standard um, yeah. and his standard being excellence. And so- um, there were definitely a little bit of growing pains in that year, year or so where we were trying to mesh two departments. We were operating yeah. out of different spaces. Um, but I will say once we kind of all got into one space and we're one group and we're all working together, um, yeah. it, it just meshed, man. It was, it was awesome to be in the office some days and like, we just be bouncing ideas off of each other. There would be days where like, we would have to quiet down because we were like, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun to be at work. Like we were in the office working, yeah. but it felt like, it felt like a chill vibe. Mm -hmm. That's so, dope, man. Yeah, so like it, I think Justin just did a great job of setting a standard of what he wants excellence to look like and making yeah. sure that's communicated to all of us. And, you know, from my vantage point, when I had women's basketball and softball um, as my two sports, just knowing that. Man, you both we, was on the same vibe because that's what I had at LSU. We beat you both. That's yeah. how we connected. Yeah, so like my, my thing was always, I don't want us to be good for women's basketball, good for softball. I want us to be good, period. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just making sure that that same standard of excellence that Justin set carries over to my other sports. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I just know, man, like just quick story how we met, man. I think I was working on, I think it was like, this is kind of when people just started putting together them, them little fast, quick, you know, recaps of like practice or whatever. And I think at the time, Carter B's like first, like hot single came out and I hit you up, uh, I hit you up on uh, Twitter. I was like, bro, I'm trying to find this dag on Carter B's on the, the, the the free, the uh the clean version, bro. I couldn't find it. He's like, bro, let me hit up my my friend brother who's DJ. He couldn't find it too. So I ended up going in a different direction. But you know, that's just how we connected, man. And kind of back to what Anari was saying earlier, man. Like it's all about network. Like like I said, I found you on Twitter. I saw you were fellow black man like myself in this creative sports industry. I saw you. We, we both were doing the same sports, and then it just kind of connected from there, bro. Yeah, I mean, I can reiterate the networking thing all night. Literally, my me having this position in Maryland is a result of me networking with people who are at South Carolina and 
somebody who was at South Carolina had an opportunity to go to another school and they were friends with somebody here in Maryland and they knew Maryland was looking for a creative director and that's how my name got brought up in the conversation. So mm-hmm. um, my biggest advice I can give anybody, man, you never know who's watching. Always do your best because you never know who's looking at you, who's looking for, you know, the next person up, who's ready for a step up, who's ready for, you know, a bigger position. So network, 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 and then network some more. All day, all day. This is Alex Grant, creative director for Maryland Terps football team. If you have any questions for him, go and drop it right there in the comment section. So, Alex, man, this is a question that, you know, I think is very interesting to me and a lot of people who are listening who are in the creative process when it comes to video. You know, everybody has a different process when it comes to, you know, approaching a project. So what's yours, man? Do you start off with the music? Do you think about, you know, the theme ahead of time or what? Like, how, do, how, do, how, does, it, how does it go for you? It's um, for me, it's kind of this crazy mix of both where you want to prepare and have elements um, prepared before you go into a game. Mm -hmm. But also you don't want to be so scripted and be so set to a plan that you can't adapt to what actually happens in the game. Um, So I always tell people the turnaround time in sports is crazy because especially when I was doing basketball, we would play two and three games in a week. And so you really don't have time to sit down and have like a storyboard and this fancy creative process. Like you kind of got to know what you're doing going into it and adapt as you go. Um, with football, it's a little bit different because you have several days in between the game. Um, so even now, like, I'll normally go into a game weekend. Um, I'll have some music picked out. Um, I try to always have um, different songs for different scenarios. So, like, mm. if, we win, if we win really big and we want to brag about it a lot and we want to be real swaggy on social, if it's a competitive game and we need to go cinematic and it needs to feel like mm. you're watching a movie. Yeah. Um, so you need to – I kind of try to have different elements ready for those different kind of vibes. Mm. Um, but then – my biggest thing is just, I don't ever want people to feel like they're watching content. I want them to feel like they're in it. Mm, um, and so I love when, that. When, when I'm shooting, when I'm talking with our team, it's how do we put people into this atmosphere? How do we make people feel like they're there? Especially now with all this stuff going on with COVID. Like yeah. we played, I think we played the majority of our fans or majority of our games in front of no fans or just families. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's even more important for us now to make people feel like they're in the in the stadium with us. Um, and so that's kind of how I attack game day and how I attack content creation, just making sure that I'm aware of what's happening around me and enough so that people, when I go to create content, people yeah. can feel like they're in it. That's dope, man. I love that answer, bro. I know for me, man, like music is the number one thing for me, bro. And it depends on the thing. Cause now I work for a church. So it's like, I can't really get too swaggy with it. You know what I mean? I kind of got to stay, <laughs> at a certain level, which you already know, we talked about that already, you know what I mean? But with sports, man, you can go a lot of different ways, bro, depending on what, uh, you know, angle you're going, man. We got a question from Grant for SC. He says, how do you balance video content with social issues? That's a really good question because you've been heavily involved with that, especially that uh, tweet you dropped in the old boy for Wake Forest last week, dog. Man, all right, can, can we, I want to, since we're here and we're talking about it, I want to address it. My intention is not to get anybody in trouble with any of their employers or anything like that. However, however, in the the climate that we are in right now in this country, we are all more obligated to call out the BS when we see it. Um, And people are more obligated to be humble enough to say I was wrong. Now, whether that's what happened in that situation or not, how that played out is none of my business. Well, break it down. Break it down. Let's let's backtrack. Talk about what we're talking about. So people have an idea. Um. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> you good, bro. The the screenshot of um there was a video producer at another university um who tweeted something during the, the riots that were happening at the Capitol building last week. 
um, about him being proud of his country. Um, and so that screenshot, by the time that I'd seen it, maybe 20 minutes or so after it had been posted, was floating around like three different group chats that I was in. And so- <laughs> The group chats like, was popping, boy. <laughs> all, all the group chats was popping. Yeah. Um, and so I tweeted the screenshot of it and I at the guy and I was just, literally all I said was, let's talk. And I set my phone down on the table. I was still at home in South Carolina. And my sister was like, bro, what did you say on Twitter? Like, your phone is buzzing off of the table. And then, like, I came back and, like, 40, 50 notifications later, like, had blown up. Buddy had deleted his account. I was getting DM from reporters. Like, it was it was wild. And, like, I again, my intention is never to get anybody in trouble, but I also firmly believe that we call as African call you out. We, we have an obligation. And it's not to be messy. It's not to be petty. None of that. But we have an obligation to stand up for ourselves, and we also right. have an obligation to teach. And even last summer, when all the social injustice stuff was going on, um, my biggest point, when people would ask me, like, what can I do better? Like, when white people would ask me, what can I do better? How can yeah. I um, be more of an ally? My biggest thing was, you saying you didn't know it was this bad is not good enough anymore. Like, mm -hmm. being ignorant to how bad it is for African Americans and people that of means color. you just turn a blind eye to it. Yeah, it, that's not good enough anymore. And so... When people tweet recklessly like that, you open yourself up um, to the ramifications of it, and bro. whatever happens after that is is out of my hands. <laughs> You're a fool, bro. So, so Grant says. So, back to Grant's question, man. He says, "How do you balance video content with social issues?" So it's kind of like, you know, go ahead and answer that one, man, because that's a, that's a, it's, it's yeah. kind of like a line you got to kind of tote a little bit on that. So go ahead and answer that. From from my vantage point, um, I always go back to what it is that the student athletes or the coaches want to say. Because um, at the end of the day, our job is to support them and to create the content that amplifies their voices. Um, and when it's time for them, when they feel comfortable speaking up about something and when they want to say something, our job is to help them do that. And so my default is always to go back to what is the message of the team? What is the message of the student athlete? What's the message of the coach? Um, and then find out how, how they want to voice that. So if it's whether them looking directly into the camera, if it's, you know, they want to release a statement as a team, something like that. Um, there's all kind of different ways for different scenarios for how you can talk about things and how you can address things. But my default is always to go back to what is it that the person who you're there to help mm -hmm. is trying to say? Because our job is to create the content and to, to put the, to present their message in the best way possible. And so to do that, you have to have a firm understanding of what it is they're trying to say and why. Mm. Love that, bro. Love that, man. I got a couple more questions for you, man. So um, if I have any more questions for Alex, I'm going to drop it in the uh, comment section. So, you know, I know seeing the photos of you throughout social and on your Instagram, man, y'all were big Canon people at South Carolina, man. So is that your gear of choice, you know, per se, or is that just kind of what y'all had? So what's your, what's your gear of choice, man? Um, I will say when I was an intern at South Carolina, um, and even that first year of post-grad, uh, we were very um, Sony heavy. Mm -hmm. And then when, like I mentioned, Justin came in earlier as our new AD, uh, we kind of started the transition to being all Canon. Yeah. By the time, by the time I'd left South Carolina, we were entirely Canon, like still, still Canon, still mm -hmm. camera Canons, um, C200s, 5Ds, uh, 1DX, mm -hmm. um, C100s. And then we were shooting on all Canon lenses. Yeah. Um, and so, I think that is my preference just because I've seen how well it's worked. Yeah. Um, I've, I always tell people there is, 
you cannot get a better video image than Canon body shooting on Canon glass. Like it is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're exposed correctly, I agree. You, know you know what you're doing behind the camera. It creates a beautiful image. Um, and so that's kind of my, my preference and my gear of choice. Mm-hmm. So at LSU, when I got there, I think we were shooting, we were shooting with the big broadcast cameras, bro. We did it for like one oh, game. Yeah. I was like, oh, bro, yeah. I don't think, I think my, I think my boss, he kind of got a hint to me. He was like, yeah, we can't do this. So we ended up getting Sony's. I think it was, I forgot, I forgot which kind of, kind of ones we got, but we ended up going with uh, Sony FS5s and all that kind of stuff, which is definitely dope, man. I learned a lot through those particular cameras and I didn't really start working with DSLRs until I transitioned out of LSU, man. So right now I'm an A7 III user. I did use some Canons, which I think Canon, you really ain't got to color correct those too much, man. Just the, the regular stock image of Canons. You ain't got to touch them too much, bro, depending on what kind of mood you're going for, man. So that's just my opinion. But like you said, yeah. a lot of people are using Sony's and all that kind of stuff. And I will say Sony um, does really, really well with creating cameras that do well in low light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for for sports, it's a little bit different because nine times out of ten, we're going to be shooting in a space that's lit. We're in stadiums that have lights, so we're shooting outside during the, during the daytime so the sun is out. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, like, you're doing concerts or if you're doing, like, specialty style photo shoots where you need kind of like a mood setting and it's a little yeah. bit darker. Um, there's definitely different camera bodies for that. Yep. Yep. We got a question from uh, Nick Jones, man. He says with content creation, what's one challenge you're looking forward to look, what's one challenge you're looking forward to accomplishing next? Um, so actually this is something we're working on something I literally worked on today in Maryland and we've got some upcoming projects that go along with this, but um, my goal for this off season is to create evergreen content for our program that can serve as a recruiting um, recruiting content for years to come. Explain um, evergreen. Explain evergreen. So when I when I say evergreen, it's something that it doesn't matter when you post it, um, as long as it is still relevant and true to what it was when you created it, mm-hmm. you can post it. So for example, if we create a video about our facilities and we're showing you footage of what our stadium looks like and footage of what our new building looks like and the construction updates and stuff like that that's always going to be the same. That's not something that's going to change. And so that's evergreen content. Um, If there's a certain program that your university has um, to help their student athletes in a certain area, whether that's academics or um, whether that's career building, life after football, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. as long as those programs are there, that's evergreen content. Mm. Um, And that kind of thing is helpful because when you have a coach and they make their first contact with a recruit who knows nothing about Maryland football other than what they see on TV, Mm -hmm. if you've created six or seven evergreen videos about the program and things people may not know that's six or seven different things that a coach can engage with a recruit about to say hey did you know this about our program hey did you know this about our program so you've created if you've got eight videos you've created two months worth of text messages that a coach sends to a recruit hey did you know this about maryland hey we want to do Mm. this for you when you get here um and that stuff that constant communication is what helps coaches build relationships and then ultimately gets kids to commit that's dope, bro. That's dope, man. I got uh, one more question. We got about nine minutes left. So, uh, I, if y'all have any, if y'all have one last question for Alex, going to drop it in the comment section. So, Alex, man, what's some advice you can give to, you know, the young creatives or those who are looking to try to move up in the food chain and all that kind of stuff, man? So, what, what you got, man? What, what's some advice? Um, shoot your shot. You never know what's going to happen until. <laughs> hey, <you try>. chill, bro. <laughs> no, like seriously though, because like I know, I know, I know. If you if you don't ask, you can't be told yes. Yeah. And if you just sitting there, oh, well, I wonder if this is going to happen. I wonder if they're going to ask me to do this. No, make it, make your intention known. Do it humbly. Do it right. respectfully. But you can say to your boss, hey, I want to start learning how to shoot basketball games on my own. Or 
hey, I want to try editing a game recap one day. Is that something you think I can do? Um, you literally don't know what's going to happen until you ask. And then the people who are around you, the people who are your supervisors, if they're good at what they do and they recognize um, that somebody had to help them when they were coming up, they'll mm -hmm. recognize that they're now in a position to help you as you're coming up. Um, and so kind of make your intentions known, shoot your shot, and then be on the lookout for those people who can be mentors for you, who can help support you. Um, and then those same people will likely be ready to give you that hand up you need. That's dope, man. Oh, I just thought about this one question, man. What was it like to, uh, you know, get high by Mellon and you have the, uh, the head coach who was a black man. I can't think of his name right now, but he was able to, uh, you know, y'all kind of had a really good connection off the rip, made shot of you out on Twitter, man. So what's it been like to work with him so far? Yeah, so um, my entire interview process was on Zoom. I had never seen the University of Maryland until I showed up in College Park. Um, and that's just a product of COVID and how everything worked out this year. Um, but did a number of Zoom interviews with people here, um, did an interview with Coach Loxley. Um, and Coach has been great. He's been, um, he's been extremely supportive. He's coming from a university or several universities where they have really high caliber production departments and creative mm -hmm. departments. And Most so, recently, Alabama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he knows. He knows the impact that creative content can have on recruiting and can have on the brand of a program. Um, so he's been extremely supportive and making sure that we get what we need, mm -hmm. um, making sure that we don't have, I don't have any issues with access here. Um, there have been plenty of times where, you know, I've gone into a situation thinking, you know, coach might tell me to get out of the room, but I'm just gonna shoot it anyway until he says <laughs> to leave. Yeah. And that, that never happens though. Cause I think, yeah. you know, coaches understand now that what kids relate with is authenticity. And in order to show them that authenticity, especially in COVID where people can't come to campus mm -hmm. is for you to have content creators around you who can communicate that. Um, and so coach has been great. Um, really looking forward to, like I said, the off season of us being able to, you know, really lay in and get some evergreen content that helps the program move forward and mm -hmm. excited to be back on the field with the Terps in a couple months. That's dope, bro. All right, one last question, bro. We got to make it quick. I got about six minutes left. Uh, Dr. Ty underscore four says advice on getting started creating content consistently and the best camera for vlogs. Um, so creating content consistently, you kind of need to decide what it is you want to do and then find ways to make it consistent, if that makes sense. So if you want to do vlogs, you sit down and write out what are the first 10 episodes going to be um, and find ways to make them unique um, so that, you know, you're not just a lot of people get if they're doing vlogs or something like that, they'll get two or three episodes in and run out of ideas and get burned mm -hmm. out and it never gets picked back up again. Um, so especially if you're doing any kind of episodic content, make sure that you're planning it out accordingly ahead of time. A lot of people don't realize, like when you have these big Spotify podcasts where they come out the gate, like the Michelle Obama podcast. Um, I think it was only actually 12 mm -hmm. episodes. I would imagine most of those guests were lined up months in advance. I, I mean, I don't know that for sure, mm -hmm. but I would imagine a lot of that is lined up in advance so that when it comes time to create it, you're just, you're sitting down and you're having a conversation or you're sitting right. down and you're actually producing the content rather than you having to come up with what the idea is as you're going. Um, and then I think the other part to that question was, um, what kind of camera for vlogs? Yeah. Um, it it kind of depends on where you are. If you're starting out, um, I always tell people like that, that Canon base kit that um, I think it's like a, a T3 or a T5 mm -hmm. or something like that. I can't remember, whatever the most recent yeah. model of that um, is a great camera for you just to learn what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also, it's also good for um, like vlogs and stuff like that. You can get a little cheap ring light from Amazon. Um, yeah. and that'll get, that'll get you going. That'll get you going, bro. Well, Alex, man, thanks, man. Appreciate you, bro. We'll, we'll wrap soon, man. It was a great conversation. All right, bro. Appreciate you having me on, bro. Yes, sir, bro. You ain't let me get on the organ and get an e <laughs>
We ran out of time, bro. We got to go to the fellowship hall, <laughs> I'll let you, bro. All right, bro. Yeah. All right, y'all. That was my man, Alex Grant. And that was the final uh, guest for this episode. So thank y'all for tuning in to the this episode of the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Bullock. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and also YouTube. We want to have this up first thing in the morning. So y'all have any uh, adjustments or any comments or concerns about this particular show? My bad, TA, for messing up your name. Uh, go ahead and drop it right there in the comment section. DM me whatever you want to do in order to uh, make this uh, show get better. So, again, my name is Benjamin Bullock. This is the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay blessed. And y'all be good. Holla at y'all.